What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. No, I haven't done this in a while, but figured, why not? Especially because Sean's up my ass about it, so I'll do the open again. Whatever. It's only my life and my time. But um, this is episode 170. Today we had a shit ton to talk about because it's been a while. We started off with MLB, talking a little bit of Yankees and the rest of the playoff picture. After that, we did NBA. We talked mostly about the Lakers, and we're looking forward to next year pretty much. And then we broke down all of NFL Week 5. We talked about every single football team. I painstakingly went into detail about the Jets, and then we made our picks for this week. We will be back as soon as we possibly can. Sean also announced some big news. Follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com, and enjoy the pod. everybody welcome back i know it's been a while to the sorry to interrupt podcast we are here on a thursday evening and uh it's good to talk again buddy how you been sorry for the hiatus no worries man it's on both of us um but i'm sure everybody's excited to hear our beautiful voices again i know i'm excited to talk to you um perfect night to do it because Aside from some baseball, we don't have any sports to talk about because there is no Thursday night football this week. Instead, we were treated to a Tuesday night football. I know, which was actually pretty great. Like, it was cool to throw a game on at 7 o'clock on CBS, and man, the Titans just ran away with that, right? We'll get into that later, but it was yes. kind of cool. I think we're going to see a lot of this. It was cool, but now, I'm, now, now it sucks because I'm, I'm wishing there was football tonight, but... You know, my Tampa Bay Rays seem to be about ready to wrap up the damn thing, and I'm calling them my because we're obviously rooting against the Astros in this series. I think the rest of the world is as well. Oh, huge, man. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, it was disappointing with how the Yankee season ended. Um, I know we were clinging on after that Cleveland series. It has been that long since we talked. Yes. Um but we knew that Tampa was the better team. They were all regular season, even though it was only 60 games. And uh, it just sucks hey, they, because they took know, advantage of a couple of Yankee mistakes and they ran yeah, with it. I mean, we might as well jump in and talk to it, talk about it now. We're Yankee fans. We'll talk about the Yankees first. Um, you know, from the few people that I talked to about the games and whatnot, I'm not disappointed in how they went out. I mean, I know we said World Series are bust, but they lost to the better team, and they went out. I, I really don't have anybody to blame. They lost. What was the score? Two to one. Two to one in Game Five. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Cole pitched his heart out. Stanton. The only thing that really kills me is that Stanton was on an all-time hot streak, and I just wish we could have taken more advantage of it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I hope the Stanton haters can shut up now. Um, It'd be because. Nice. He was incredible. Speaking in of which, this, I got Sanchez yeah. haters. I mean, I, Will is relentless. The kid will every sure. time. Thank God the season's over, honestly, because every time that Sanchez was out of the lineup or something, he texts me. And now I'm at the point where I'm just, I don't care if Gary Sanchez gets cut and then plays, you know, independent league ball and then gets cut from there. I'm still going to say he's better than Wilson Contreras because at this point, <laughs> I'm just doing it to piss Will off. 
Well, there you go. And I, I knew you'd hold on to that because you've done that many of times with our conversations too. And I like somebody that owns their, their decision. And listen, I, I said Sanchez too. Um, what about I think now? Another, How about that? I think it, what's that? What about now? Contreras or Sanchez? I mean, Contreras' Cubs went out too, but he had a better year. Gary Sanchez. Not by much, was, though. I looked at the numbers. It doesn't even it's matter, crazy. man. You know what? Gary Sanchez wasn't even playing the most important games of the year. Yeah. And I think that that says all that you need to say. And I didn't. I knew that he had some rough stretches. I didn't think that it would be like this. I mean, he's missing fastballs right down the middle. And in, in a later podcast, I think we need to do a deep dive into what the Yankees offseason is going to look like because I think it's... Yeah, we got too much going on today, but I agree. Yeah, it's very fluid. There's a lot. But yeah, I mean, Tampa was the better team. The Yankees were incredibly inconsistent, albeit 60 games. But hey, you know, you are what you are. When they look The good, only thing that's disappointing is if there was ever a time to, you know, not have a great regular season and then get hot towards the end, it's now because there's no home field advantage. Who cares? As long as they both got to Petco Park, who cares? We talked about it heading into the playoffs. When they play well, they're as good as any team, and they're probably the best team. But when they go cold, you wonder how they even win games. And those two extremes manifested in this ALDS. I believe that they lost the series in Game 2 when they tried that absolutely absurd plan of starting Devi, letting him go one, and then letting Hap come in as the bulk guy. Um, How did you feel about, because there was a press conference... I believe it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't remember if it was Boone or Cashman basically saying that the reason why they didn't start Hap was because the Rays were going to throw you know nine or eight right-handed hitters at you, and, and they wanted the, the lineup to be a little bit more balanced. How did you feel about that explanation? I somewhat believed it. Just because it was their idea doesn't mean it was the right idea. How do you feel about it? Do you mind if I do a deep dive on this since we didn't talk about it in real time last week? Go for it, man. I've been waiting for this. Okay. So it didn't make sense at the time. And, you know, when you're a fan, you're trying to reconcile with it. and You're also still focused on your team winning, winning the game. So you're kind of losing it. But in the same point, you're just like, okay, this is what it is. The next morning, I tried to make sense of it. And what I thought was alarming was I said, you know what? Maybe people smarter than me have a different take on it. And nobody did. It was the talk of the town. It was the talk around baseball. So a couple of factors here. So first of all, Jay Happ is a starting pitcher. He's not a bulk guy. You know, he really never has been. And if you tab Debbie Garcia, who was arguably the second best pitcher for the team down the stretch, the second best starter, that is, why don't you roll with him a little bit? Because by the time the second inning started, it was 1-1. Remember, he gave up the home run to a Rosarina, but Stanton came back and hit a solo shot in the bottom of the first. Um, or in the top of the second, rather. So it was, it was tied. You, you can roll with the kid. And if listen, if he starts to get in trouble, then you pull him. The opener only works when you don't have enough starting pitching and everybody's bought in. The Yankees didn't have that. Now, to answer your question about the lefties, do you think Jay Happ is like a lefty specialist? Like He doesn't have the big curveball, right? He doesn't have the big sweeping slider. The most he does is throw that two-seamer in and get a lot of ground ball outs. But he actually faces righties and has a little bit better success because he can ride that fastball up and in. And he gets a lot of weak contact, right? So, yeah, I, I, I mean, you're making sense here. Oh, Correa just had a walk-off home run. Fuck. Uh, um, fuck whatever. They're still down 
it, it's game, yeah, it's game six going in, so the Tampa still has the lead. Um, heading into game five, heading into game five. No, or heading into yeah, game uh, six, no, bro. Was, yeah, game six. I'm sorry, going into game six. Yeah. Yes. Um, back to what we were saying with Hap. I mean, yeah, everything you're throwing at me makes sense for for to keep rolling Devi out there. Not to mention that, I mean. The thing that matters to me more than pretty much anything is that Hap has not been a very good pitcher for about two years now. Yeah, he struggled, but I'll be I'll be honest. He pitched well down the stretch after a rough couple starts, and he's somebody that is a starter. So if you really want to pitch him, if you want him to get the majority of the outs in a baseball game, he should be your starting pitcher. And... What I didn't like was if you want to throw the analytics at me. I mean, even if they wanted to say, okay, we're going to throw Jordan Montgomery out here. At least Monty has that big sweeping curveball and the slider. And he's a little bit more of that traditional throw off the momentum and get the lineup kind of turned over lefty. Mm -hmm. Hap's not that guy. So it was just, it was puzzling at the time. It was puzzling to hear them try to describe it and reason with it and as a fan i thought that the most important thing that you have in a best of five series is momentum especially against a team that's beaten your ass in all year we win game one it's an ass whooping stanton hits that grand slam in the ninth it's carryover from that cleveland series here we go we just have to win two more games you're starting this rookie and we've seen in the past man some classic names and games blossom in the playoffs because a young starter goes out and throws a gem. I'm not saying Debbie was going to do that, but if you're going to tap him for game two, let him at least see it out, and if he gets killed... Let him run into a little bit of trouble in the second is my thing. He gave up the home run, but he worked his way out of the inning. Yeah. I mean, you know, that could have been some adrenaline. I I believe he left the ball up, and that was the home run, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean... That could you could have just chalked it up to jitters. You got that out of the way. Let it, let him go two or three innings. Let's just see what if you you're can gonna do. name. Yeah, and if you're gonna name a starter for two guys that are starters, I'd rather them do the opposite, which is start Hap, let him go an inning or two, and then you bring in Garcia and let him get three or four innings out of it. Yeah, not the to mention, I sense. mean, you're starting. You're starting. I would start Hap one for the experience and two, Garcia's stuff coming out of the pen. I'm sure it would be electric. Sure, and again, if you're going to say this is our starting pitcher, then just let him be your starting pitcher. Don't because if you're going the other component of this that I thought about, if you if the Yankees were hell bent on using an opener, which honestly I'm not totally against. I know the Yankees have done it. Well, they did it a lot. Last our, year. Let's go with our true opener then, and go Chad Green. There you go. You you beat me to the punch. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're hell bent on using an opener. Use the guy that's gonna that's used to that situation and can go out there and empty the tank for an inning or an inning and two thirds or what have you. Not a guy who's been pitching five. Who's six, had seven success doing start. it? Not only not only have you seen him do it in relief in the seventh, eighth. You know he can pitch two innings in relief, maybe even three. You've seen him be an opener before and do it very successfully. Absolutely. So the whole plan didn't make sense, and I know they try to justify it. And listen, there's people in that analytics department and then of course Boone and Cashman talking as well that made this decision and it was obvious from the when you saw Hap warming up in the first and you knew Devi wasn't hurt you said what the fuck are they doing and to me it was just like what I don't like about where baseball's gone and this is again we'll we'll do a full thing on this 
I just, off the periphery, I don't like how the gut instinct has been taken away from managers in most in most cases. But it's cases. almost it's almost at the point now, bro, where they're like I don't want to say overusing analytics, but like no, they are. It, they it's, are. It's but some of the numbers, like you said, half splits, lefties actually hit him a little bit better than righties, right? Analytics or, or are close great. enough. So then those are numbers right there for you that says enough. The problem with analytics is analytics are great to forecast out in a 162-game season because when you lose a game like that, it doesn't matter. But the, when you go out and you you know do the law of averages, it's going to work out more than it's not, and that's where those numbers and those odds start going. Analytics are good for, for the offseason as well, signing yeah. players well, I mean, and whatnot. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at a team like the Dodgers, man. There's not a team other than the Yankees that's more analytically driven than the Dodgers. And what's held them back in the postseason? A lot of inopportune mistakes with pitching personnel or starters or taking a guy out too early for a pinch hitter. You know, things like that hurt a team. And we saw a team like Washington last year. Washington was the almost at the bottom of teams that use analytics. And they were managed by a guy that didn't really believe in it. They had an old-time GM that didn't really use them. And they won the World Series. I'm not saying ban them. Obviously, they work. If they didn't work, nobody would use them. But I'm saying you can't completely bind yourself to them. Because in situations like this where it was so clearly as the moment was happening, the wrong decision, and you knew something was not going to work out. And then you see Boone, and I feel bad for Boone, trying to helplessly articulate why they did it when you knew that it really wasn't something he felt incredible about happened the post game said they knew my preference was to start so the whole point of using an opener and having the other guys buy in was debunked because the guy who was supposed to be the follower didn't really want to do it so it was just a, it was a shit show obviously it sucks because i did think that i think Cap will be gone by the way cashman threw him under the bus eight different times during yep. that press conference, so I don't think Hap will be in pinstripes next year. No, me neither. So sorry to go into the super deep dive, but I've been holding it in for a week. Um, hey, let it out, man. Outside of it, uh, the Rays were the better team. We knew that, and they took care of business. Yeah, that's – I mean, I'm never happy about a loss, but that's one that I can somewhat accept just because, like you said, the Rays were the better team, and they look poised to go to the World Series even though they lost again tonight. Yeah, they still hold a 3-2 lead, and they've got to win one before Houston wins two, and I still like their chances. Especially with that starting pitching. Okay, so we both like the race to make the World Series from the AL side. Um, Looking ahead to the NL side, speaking of pitching, aside from last night, and definitely aside from last night, the Braves have been pitching really well. And I put a strong aside from last night because they got – Hammered last night. I believe what was it like fifteen to one or something like that. It was something like it was eleven nothing at the end of the first inning. Yeah, and, and you know, as if I was a Dodger fan, I'd just be saying after watching the first two games where they were getting basically shut out, I'd be saying, "Can we spread these fucking points out? Spread these runs out a little bit here?" Like Jesus Christ! But the Dodgers, I think, made a statement last night, that, and they are going to win this series, in my opinion. It's funny you say that because I thought they made the statement at the end of game two. Because if you recall, Atlanta was up 8-1. And it really, the game was over. And after winning game one convincingly, 
it didn't really seem like the Dodgers were going to show up. And they made it 8-7 and had the tying run at third before Melanson True. got the final out of game two. So I thought they took momentum back. Melanson always they knows fought. how to make it interesting. Well, what he had to come in and save a couple of the other relievers who were just getting destroyed. Yeah. So to me, the Dodgers won yesterday because they got the momentum back because they forced Atlanta to use a lot of their big guys in a game where you thought it was completely over and they could just use their mop-up guys. And that carries over, particularly in a postseason like this, which we've never seen before, when there's no off days in between games. Absolutely none. You're playing possibly seven games in a row. So to use up your top guys two games in a row knowing – that they won't be able to be used in game three, which turned out not to be an issue, but they might not even be able to be used in game four. We'll see how tonight plays out. I thought LA took the momentum back, even in a losing effort uh, in the last latter innings of game two. Hey, that's an app. That's a good call. I didn't even think of that. I just thought they came out like crazy swinging the bats. Um, and you knew eventually this team is too disciplined controlling the zone. Eventually a pitcher was going to slip up. They look. They are winning right now in the third inning against the Braves. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series this year. I, I, not like I'm going out on a limb here, but I, I think that this is their year. I thought the series was going to go six minimum. I didn't know who. I felt pretty damn good about Atlanta after two games. Yeah. And um, now I feel even better about L.A., but there's obviously a lot of time left in game four. Um, the Dodgers have a lot of postseason ghosts to uh, to conquer because I think it's LA's year, bro. I think it's the, the year of LA. You hope so, man. I if mean, you're an LA fan, we're going to speak about the Lakers in about thirty seconds. You got the Rams looking really good as well. It, it, it's a good time to be an LA fan, which is interesting because outside of the Lakers and Dodgers, I don't think they really care about the other teams. But if they are good, then they will come and. Uh, you're getting that again with the Rams, who are having a nice bounce back here too. Yes. Um, so that that does it for MLB. I, I have the Dodgers winning the World Series. What do you think? I honestly still like Tampa, man. Based off hey, how they played listen. against the Yanks, and I just think that, they have Tampa. Everything. Tampa, in my opinion, is. I think the Dodgers are more talented, but I think Tampa is a more complete team. Just if you put Tampa's bullpen against the Dodgers bullpen, it, Tampa all day. Let's just give Randy Rosarina a shout-out. The guy is unfucking believable yeah, How they found him from the St. Louis organization, you got to feel bad for the Cardinals, right? Because they're watching a division series after they lose to the Padres. They blow a uh, one-game nothing lead in the best of three. Yeah. And they're watching Voight go against a Rosarina. And I don't know what they got for a Rosarina, but they didn't get much for Voight. And no. uh, that, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. That can get a GM Interesting. Interesting from a St. Louis organization that's usually pretty good with their prospects. Agreed. Agreed. Well, they still made the playoffs. I mean, I guess you really suck if you didn't make the playoffs this year <laughs> as an MLB team. All right. Now – Listen, I was thinking when I was driving today how I said that LeBron um, is in trouble if he loses to Portland as being the <laughs> second greatest of all time. I need to remind myself not to be that NBA asshole that, that yeah. immediately reacts to every little thing. Don't be Skip Bayless yeah. the day after they lose their first meaningful game since February. Because LeBron has it, – it was teetering back and forth, but LeBron has – 
in my opinion, cemented himself as the second greatest player of all time, and he's coming for the number one spot, as Ludacris would say. Love it. Great reference. Thank you. And he is... I mean, we've known this, but you're right. This further cements that legacy. I think, in my opinion, with a combination of the longevity, winning on with three franchises, if he can get himself a fifth title, I will look past MJ having six. And I think I will call LeBron the GOAT. He's he's also been been to, what, a million? 13 finals, I think. I want to say 13. It's been a lot. It's yeah, been a lot. I don't know if the, the, the fact before, that I can't the fact that I can't yeah. count them on almost on I, I maybe he's been to eleven finals. Maybe twenty nineteen was the first year he wasn't in it since the 09-10 season. Yeah, so if anybody wants to do some math, uh, tweet us. Quick, at, sorry, this sports. isn't our skill set. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, LeBron. That's okay. Let's not. Let's LeBron not is incredible. Ourselves any deeper here? Yeah. Anthony Davis is a superstar. Um, he got himself a ring. Would you put him in that superstar echelon? I put those two together as uh, top five in the NBA. You have to now, right? Because I think he's finally in his in his actual. Anthony Davis also kind of making your argument for you, living up to the big men can't be the best team. Yeah, I mean... Excuse me, the best player on a team? Yeah, the best player on a championship team. Totally agree. Um, He's in his rightful place now. I mean, he is is the best number two in the league right now. Might be the best number two ever. Yeah, I mean, you certainly have to go a little bit more into his career, I think. But, again, let's not be super prisoners of the moment. Let's just call it what it is. He had a couple rough games in there, but when he showed up, he was absolutely unstoppable, which is we what don't he's have always to go, been in his career. We don't have to go over the scoring numbers, but the most impactful thing, I believe, was Jimmy Butler had a 47-point triple-double, and who guarded him the next game? Straight up locked on him, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's enough said. Jimmy Butler has put himself up one or two tiers for me from – you know, middle all-star player to borderline superstar if he can get himself a ring. Definite superstar player for me. I know your criteria is a little bit higher for that. I thought he had an incredible series and then towards the end just ran out of gas. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, he is getting there for sure. I mean, I still think that this was a very strange year and I give him all the credit in the world. I certainly can't take anything away from him because that as we've talked about a couple times on this podcast, the team took on the persona of Jimmy Butler, and that's what a leader and a superstar does. They make their team play the way they want to yep. play. I also think he's bought into that whole Miami culture, led by Pat Riley, even though he's not on the sidelines. Um, that is a He fits that team like a glove, and they're going to be around for a while. I mean, he's getting there. Um, still doesn't have a title, but he's absolutely getting there. Let's just put it this way. He's a couple rungs higher than he was at this time last year. That's but going sure. back to a, yeah. Think about him back. last year. He skated out on three teams and counting. Well, you know, the third time I can't blame him because Philly no, decided they no. would rather pay Tobias Harris. I couldn't even, to be him. honest, I couldn't even blame him for the second time. He basically called Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins a bunch of baby pussies. And, mm-hmm. I mean, what have they ever won, by all accounts? Well, he, yeah. He, got he all the talent in the world. Right. They can't even make the playoffs. 
in an expanded, you know what I mean? We'd have to rewind the tape to two years ago around this time to hear ourselves talk about what Jimmy Butler was sabotaging his way out of out of uh, Minnesota. I think you were harder on him than me. I like to think that. I think I was because I don't love that, but I think now knowing that that's how you have to get out of it, especially in the NBA when you hold the power, you know what? It is what it is, and he certainly certainly got everything he deserved from that because it turned out he was right, and he, he went to a team where it fit. But going back to AD, because I think you brought up a very interesting point about how he guarded Butler in the next game, AD is capable of incredible things. And yeah, I do think traditionally big men in this NBA can't be the number one. But when you have LeBron at this point in his career saying, listen, there's going to be games where you have to be the number one. I'm your security blanket. I'll take over if I need to. But this is your time. This is your moment. I think that just feeds so much confidence into a guy like that that he never otherwise had or he never otherwise would have if he was the number one because he's finally being able to defer to somebody else he, instead of having everybody else defer to him, which might not be his strong suit, right? So Or not yet, because he's still him. young. And I, I think when LeBron eventually does retire at 70 years old, he'll be ready, <laughs> Anthony Davis will be ready to, to lead the team. I think he'll be ready to lead it. I don't I know what kind of pieces it. will be around it. but I don't know what kind of pieces are going to be around it next year. Hey, they'll they're just like God since since the Heatles back in eleven and twelve. There's always going to be a couple ring chasing guys that have a little bit left in the tank for you. Is there a less stable supporting cast for a team that's won a championship? I mean, no. I, Dwight back? Howard. Dwight Howard is not stable in any facet of the word. <laughs> Mentally, KCP hasn't really been either, but he showed up. Oh, he was a baller during the series, and Dwight Howard played well as uh, on top of that. I he think was everybody big in the on the series, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he wasn't that big in in the Heat series. There was nobody really for him to guard because Bam's more of an outside. Bam's more of like a mid range type and in player. He can do the post up things. Bam, I was incredible. I was so impressed with this Heat team. It, it's. I can't even put it into words, and I think they are the number one destination for the Giannis sweepstakes, which, after seeing the way they went out again this year, is going to happen. It's inevitable. You think it will, Yeah, right? I, because... I mean, not to the extent of LeBron in Cleveland, but I'm getting, like, miniature LeBron in Cleveland vibes where they just keep sticking fucking randos with him and... and LeBron's like, this is the guy you're going to get for me? Oh, now I'm going to get Shaq, who's six years past his prime from Phoenix? Or or now I'm going to get, I don't know, Booby Gibson and Delonte West? Or who who are the big players they got for him? Mo Williams was the second best player on that team. Mo Williams, yes. Or or then they went out and their big splash was Antoine Jameson. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think you raise a good point. I don't think anything will happen this offseason because I think that they're going all in on a Chris Paul or a Victor Oladipo or something like that. Uh, they may they, make me eat my words if that happens because then I think they do become a true no, contender. But I, don't think you, but I don't I don't think you have to eat your words, man, because when has a when has a player voluntarily chose to stay in Milwaukee? 
Absolutely. That's number one. And number two, I mean, that Bledsoe contract is going to be hard to trade. And I think whoever made that deal has to be fired. I don't think it's going to be as hard as you think because it'll be part of the package that probably gets them their next guy. And I True. think that if you're getting an in, if you're getting an Oladipo or if you're getting a Chris Paul, let's just say those are the two names out there, I don't think you're going to have to really force feed um Bledsoe on Indiana or OKC because they, he's a good player who will help that team on a when they know they're not a championship contender. So I don't think it's going to be as hard as you think. He's not Russell Westbrook making almost fifty million a year, who is clear, who's advertised as a number one, who is maybe not even a number three. So, Ooh. didn't know you were going to bring out the flamethrower today, Sean. Um, uh, all right, let's talk I about. Mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, no, you're not. Okay. Um, head coaching sure. moves that have been made recently. Ty Lu today, I believe. Clippers yeah. five-year, I don't know how many million-dollar deal, and Doc Rivers to the 76ers, former Clippers head coach Doc Rivers. Um, I don't remember the terms on that one. It's probably like a three- to five-year deal. I don't remember. How Were do you, you surprised by Doc getting moved? Or getting told to leave by LA because I I didn't think no that they I were wasn't because of the I wasn't because I think you weren't going to get rid of the players and with an all time choke job like that something had to be done and mm-hmm. it was either the coach or the players and you're not going to get rid of Kawhi and you're not going to get rid of um, Paul George so I I think Doc was the odd man out on that one. Don't know if it was right or not because I think those players honestly quit and they were just done with the bubble. And I think that was a huge part of it. I but agree with you. I think he's going to work wonders in Philly, and I think this should raise their championship odds. Um, if there's anybody that's going to solve the issue between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and also Joel Embiid just being able to stay in shape, uh, I think it's Doc Rivers being able to get to him. Very respected guy. Although he's only got one ring, I think he's a lot more respected by players. I think players treat him as like a three-time champ. And the, the media, including you and I, treat him more as what he deserves right. to be treated as, as a guy who seemingly loses a little too early in the playoffs given the talent that he has every single year, basically since he left the Celtics. You know what's really interesting, man, is you brought up a couple good points that I wanted to kind of go in on. I do think he's slightly overrated, and that doesn't mean that not every single team that has a head coaching vacancy shouldn't throw the bag at him because he will make you better. But for a guy that's only won once, you're right. It seems as if the feel around the league is that he's won about three. And you make the point about him being a player's coach, which I ultimately do agree with. But it was very strange to see a player's coach have his players pretty much give up. And yeah. I don't like that. But you know and what? I, think that I know you don't that? like that, but I think I'm going to be able to talk you out of it here because I just think okay. that these – I don't think it has anything to do with Doc, honestly. I don't think that's why the locker room was lost. I think given the social justice movement as well as the climate politically – weight on them not to mention i think obviously the thing looming over all of them even more was the bubble i just think they wanted to get the fuck out of the bubble more than anything in this world more than any other team and you've also read that how badly the clippers especially paul george wanted to get the fuck out of the bubble 
Okay, but then can I push back a little bit? So if he's this player's coach, he's supposed to keep everybody together. You know, I agree with you, a, but it, it, it's, it gets to a certain point where no matter how good of a leader you are, if all of these different variables are, are going against you and it's something that's never happened before, maybe maybe it's just too but much. But he was the fall guy. He was the guy that got – Okay, created. of course he was the fall guy because you just signed Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to these massive deals. Kawhi Leonard only came because of Paul George. Not to mention that you just gave up – Right, your entire franchise. So you sign Kawhi Leonard, but to get Paul George, look at how many draft picks they just gave up. And by the way, let me men- let me also mention to you that they have opt outs after next season. Yeah. So do you want to give up all basically your entire franchise for two guys and then have them leave because they're unhappy? Because you're dragging their names through the mud, blaming them? No. Even though it was their fault, and I think they gave up. And See, I really that's my Doc point. that much. No, so that's my point, is if it's not the player's fault, and it's not the coach's fault. No, it is fault, the co-player's fault. The cir- if it's mo- then, but then there's no reason. They would have had to have said something to Steve Ballmer that reflected negatively on Doc. Because there's no way, if you're singing his praises as this great player's coach, no, I, I, he if all you read, of a sudden would be gone. Because then if you read the tea leaves, and it's also guy. if you read some articles, Kawhi and Paul George both pleaded to keep Doc. And after, after they had a meeting, Ballmer decided that that wasn't enough. I think and Ballmer's a crazy motherfucker. If there's any is, other guy... Uh, I maybe. think that it was. I think it was a circumstance, man. To be honest with you, where it was just the bubble, and that team never. And we talked about it after their exit. They never had that sense of continuity that a championship team has. And the reason we kept picking them was because they had the experience, and they had Kawhi Leonard, who just won last year, and the load management worked for him in Toronto. Regardless of whatever it was, that team was not destined to win this year. Hey, yeah, maybe and Doc I think went Doc to was Steve Ballmer and said it wasn't. You know what? But the thing was, the reason why Doc was fired wasn't because they lost. It was because they were they were embarrassed. They choked and they lost in the semifinals, not the conference finals. Not the semifinals. Yeah, were absolutely embarrassed. Had they lost to the Lakers, they blew a three-one lead. Yeah, had they lost to the Lakers. In the conference finals, in six or seven, I think they're rolling the ball out and running it back. But they were embarrassed. Somebody's head had to roll. And you're not going to risk pissing off the two assets that you gave up the entire but franchise for. to you, if they pled to keep him and they fired him anyway, maybe that really is going to piss off Kawhi and Paul George saying, hey, we're telling you we want this guy and you're letting him go anyway? What the fuck? I think, I think that... Quite honestly, Bomber didn't care that much. I, I, I mean, he wasn't going to drag their names through the mud. But a change had to be made because that was an all-time embarrassment. And they got a basically a, a fucking... I mean, come on, Ty Lu. Is he really an X's and O guy? I no. don't know. He's a but personality he manager. Be. He doesn't have to be. Yeah, he, no. But that's what Doc's supposed to be. That's why I'm fascinated by him in Cleveland. In Philly, and everybody's talking about. But Doc is also a good head coach who draws up good sets and can actually coach a team, and they play well defensively. He runs them hard defensively. Ty Lue is a glorified babysitter. 
Yeah, but you know what, man? To be perfectly honest with you, that's what Doc was after he left Boston. And he had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. And then he had Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it's not like he's been coaching these mediocre teams. And even the team last year... That no, listen, for me, for so me, I agree team. with you. I think Doc's team, since he left Boston, where he went to back-to-back NBA finals, or three NBA finals, I don't even remember... Um, He's he's been a complete underachiever, and he skated by on that one ring and that second finals appearance in 2010 when he went seven against Kobe's Lakers. But I I think it'll be interesting to see this team. I I think I don't think the Sixers win, but I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna lose in the first round this year. I'll put it to you that way. You don't think so? But again, I don't know how much different Doc can make that situation because I still don't believe that those two guys stylistically can play together unless he's convincing and getting Ben Simmons in the gym and making him shoot to even become the kind of shooter Giannis is which isn't great but just to get to that level that'll open the floor so much more they have a trade to make nobody's untradeable in the NBA Horford or Harris is gone probably Horford because the team that's ready made now will probably be able to go get him when free agency is not all that good this year. That's a talk for another time. I don't really know. I I just, I feel bad for Doc. I was surprised by the move because if you say that the superstars who pretty much run a team were pleading to keep him and they fired him anyway, that's not a good sign. And that maybe is more of an indictment on Doc, which then would transfer over to Philly where I'm saying – Okay, I think well, Doc's time in LA guys. ran its course. I mean, with the well, Sterling things, too. and don't get and don't get me wrong. I mean, I think but he did a, a great job team. being a spokesman, and then, but I, I think it's a whole new team. But when when Ballmer took over, he let Doc be the GM, and I think he was a little soured about that because Doc made quite a few mistakes. And I, honestly, I don't think Ballmer should ever put him in that position in the first place. Um, well, he hasn't been in that position the last few years. I'm not, uh, but I, I'm saying still the same owner, and I mm-hmm. think Bomber was finally just a little. It, it had run its course. Yeah, I mean that could always be true. I just did think it was, it was a little too much of a. It was kind of a shoot the messenger kind of situation to me. But at that, but at that point, uh, that's done a lot in in all sports. That's done mm-hmm. a lot in in life. Well, you gotta get you rid of somebody. The, you get rid of you get rid of the easiest person to get rid of. They're not who are they going to get rid of? Paul George or Kawhi? Neither. Well, there have been rumors about Paul George moving on. I don't think they're true, but you've heard about him. I just thought it was something where you could chalk it up to the bubble and nothing else. But if they truly didn't play for him, then you say, okay, it's time for you to go. It is weird because we did hear that with the Nets, right? Like maybe it's not a totally true story. You heard Katie, them, Katie and Kyrie were like. We did not want Atkinson gone, but on the other side, they said we it was time for a change. So maybe it's a situation like that where in another couple months we hear, yeah, they didn't ask for him to be fired, but they certainly they didn't, didn't say yeah. we need him, right? So yeah, maybe that's I think it was a little was. bit along that. All right, okay. well, with that being said, the season's over. In my opinion, LeBron has – LeBron was already number two in my eyes. Um, I think I said that after – he beat the Warriors. Did we have a podcast at that time? No. No? 
we did a we started our pod when they lost in 18 to the Warriors mm. and he had that incredible game one the JR game still LeBron is the second best player of all time in my eyes he's creeping up on number on numero uno his airness himself you know what's really crazy man is I don't think anyone's minds are ever going to change because the people that think six for six is sacred that'll never change no my mind how many- my mind can be changed mine it's weird because you're then you would be about the only one because to me i don't think it's a done deal yet i so I who's your number one right now it's jordan so you so me and you are the only ones because i think your mind can be changed it's only because i'm open to it i'm talking I'm about the traditionalists who say you know because we we you got to remember we didn't really watch jordan and we never we didn't follow that the way we followed LeBron the arc of LeBron's career. So we didn't really understand that. That was also so different. There are people who were like, "Well, he stuck with his team," but I'm going to throw back and be like, "Well, he quit for a year and a half, and for whatever reasons they might be, and I don't shit on him for well, it." Regardless, you know, he quit. But regardless, he quit. LeBron hasn't quit. He's just changed the way the game is. Some traditionalists hate that you can win a championship with three different teams and have this player empowerment and that you should have stuck it out with Cleveland. I don't think you and I would say that. I would say, what was Cleveland doing for him? Yep. We just ran through his roster on that 07 team, so there's really no there's no excuse for that. I, I, I don't blame a player for doing that now. It's the same reason I still think KD's one of the top ten all time right now. Forget about the fact that he went to Golden State. He was the best player on that team for three years. No matter how good Steph and Clay are, he was the best player on that team for three years. Absolutely, man. If you're top ten, he definitely was the best player. I agree with you. Let's move on to some football. You and Let's I both it. have LeBron at two. LeBron, it was a fun NBA Finals, fun bubble. Was so happy to have sports back. I'm glad that they got to voice their opinions about voting and other social injustices. They did an they awesome felt. job. NBA, that was a true model for being innovative in sports. Great job. Congratulations. Sorry, sports endorsement. Five stars. All right. NFL Week 5. Sean, you and I have made picks twice this year. Week (laughs) 2 and Week 3. Just to give everybody a quick recap, you and I both went 3-1 and in Week 2. Week 3, I missed my sperm bank pick of the week by... Uh. A half a point, but nonetheless, it's a miss. I was two and two. You were three and one, my friend. I don't even know if Hell you yeah. remember I your don't, picks. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I do not. That was a while ago. Um, but we are moving on to week six. Let's break down week five. We'll go over the each team because, except for the bye weeks, every single team played, and we'll mention those as well. Um, Cardinals beat the Jets. I don't want to talk about this one for long because the Jets are all time awful. Uh, no, we're going to talk. We're going to talk some Jets later after we run through this. I'm making of, you do it. One of the worst teams in the history of the league. Uh, with that being <laughs> said, the Cardinals are a lot of fun to watch. Um, what do you think? Is this is this a year that they're going to make the playoffs? I believe I had three to four teams making the playoffs. They are two and two right now. Out of oh, you the, mean out of the NFC West? Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the Rams look good. I don't even remember who I picked. 
I think I you to... went you and I went contrarian against each other. I had the 49ers being a lot better and now they're benching Jimmy G, so that's not good for me. Damn, I was uh I was spot on about that. I thought that they were going to I also it was kind of cheating because I think it was after week 1 we spoke about this and Bosa had already been hurt. Um Yeah. So I, I kind of saw that. I mean, they are the team of injuries, but we'll get into them later. Cardinals are a lot of fun. I like what Kingsbury's doing, and I mean, they literally stole DeAndre Hopkins, and he's having one, probably his best year, which is crazy to believe because he's had some well, awesome years. Yeah, we've talked about that so much, and it's just manifesting every Sunday. The Cardinals got back on the winning side because they really didn't play well for a couple weeks they did lose to detroit at home which wasn't a good one and then you got to go probably out save maddie pp's job probably and uh you know a couple coaches so far too uh have not been able to keep their jobs for the first five games but yeah i mean they get to go out to east rutherford and play joe flacco starting jets uh, and that team's obviously broken. I am going to make you talk Jets later. Don't worry, uh, because I'm a bad guy. You can make me talk Giants, too. Um, but, yeah, they went back out there, and they just said, you know what, we're a better team, and we're just going to play like the better team, and they did. And Kyler had a good day. Hopkins, obviously, was giving him a weapon that every good young quarterback should have, and I'm happy as hell for them. So they win 30-10. to 10. I got to say, Flacco did look okay. I know they didn't score any points, but he was not abominable. Like, they were okay. They moved the ball. They couldn't score, of course. But, uh, yeah, the Cardinals, they got back on the winning side, and they need it in that division. Yeah, I think Flacco's always going to look serviceable. Serviceable is a good word. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that's right. Um, all right, let's move on to the next game. Dallas Cowboys beat the Giants 37-34. Um that makes the Cowboys hmm, I have the standings here. It says the Cowboys are one and three, but aren't they they're two, no, and, two three, and three, right? Two what and three, fuck? yeah. What the hell is well, this? Well this was their this was their com? This was their second win. Yeah, I know. NFL.com is on some bullshit. All right. What are um, they back in week they're back in week five. They're heading into week five. Here we go. I have better I have better standings pulled up. I just had to go there to the website. Um That was odd. Gruesome injury here. Um, oh, did terrible. not see it live, but I forced myself to watch it. It was and, bad, uh, man. Yeah, that was supposedly it punctured the skin. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible. They found themselves in first place, though. Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, was able to do it. Um, Dak Prescott is, of course, on my fantasy team, but that doesn't matter. I am. I have the most points scored in the league. I am in first place. The Greenwich Big Dogs are – it's our year. Yeah, no one cares. What we do care about is Dak, and that sucks. And I Spoke and to Will about it dur- yep. um, during the, towards doing? the end of the game. He's fine, you know. Um, I got to say, Will Will's a true fan. He was all in on the Red Rocket. I think he was talking himself into Andy Dalton while texting me, while watching the game. And then you after he made a couple throws – he was yeah, completely all in. I mean, this team is built to win now, so you kind of got to be all in, right? You you don't have a choice, especially when you know that your quarterback's out for the year. Like, even if Brian Hoyer was their backup, you'd have to be all in. And with Andy Dalton, and, it, I mean, listen, Andy the Dalton, guy's made the playoffs six times. He made the playoffs five straight times. And yeah. he's never had these type of weapons. He's got probably never. a top three running back in the Not even probably. Top three running back in the NFL. 
Offensive line's a little shaky, but they've got some pieces coming back. And he's got three elite wide receiver talents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With CeeDee Lamb emerging. CeeDee Lamb is a stud. We knew that when he was at Oklahoma. I, I do feel, first of all, really bad for Dak because – when I watch that injury... I mean, yeah, and, and, and for people who don't know, the reason why it is terrible for Dak, um, everybody said... I, I, I believe on all accounts he it was a clean break. He's going to come back fine, hopefully. Dislocation, it, too. It wasn't a um, Alex Smith injury where... I mean, he did play this week. We'll talk about that during the Washington game. But we're in a situation where the guy almost, one, died, then almost had his leg amputated, then was told to never walk again, all this stuff. It wasn't like that, but... With that being said, Dak is contractless right now after this well, season. It's a, yeah, it's a different injury because this is an ankle. Um, yes. It was a fractured ankle and a dislocated ankle, and that's where you got the puncture of the skin. But you feel really bad for him because of those reasons. And also, they had come back. I mean, let's not forget the Giants led 17-3 in this football game, and they were playing really, really well. And Dak said, nah, enough of this. And between him and Demarcus Lawrence – just bitching Andrew Thomas the entire game. You had the Cowboys in prime position to win this football game. And, you know, as a Giant fan who hates the Cowboys and wanted nothing more than to win this game, which would have tied the Giants for first place in the NFC East, it kind of, the air fell out of the balloon a little bit because you just, it didn't feel the same, you know, and it was just a shitty situation. Now, when they play Dalton in Week 17, Obviously, all up for grabs. I think Dalton's going to be good for this team. This team is still really good, although their offensive line is in shambles. Um, I think Dalton will do more than enough for Dallas going forward. Let's just talk Giants real fast. All right, I'll let you go for it now. I've been impressed with how this team has looked over the last couple weeks after their debacle against San Francisco. They should have won this game, and I don't say that often. I mean, they should have won this game, not just because they were up 17-3. They had two touchdowns called back for penalties, uh, which took eight points off the board because they did kick field goals on both of those drives. If one of those touchdowns is good, they win that game. But Jason Garrett had his best day as a Giant by far. He called some incredible plays, especially down in the red zone. They had an option to Ingram. Um, they had a couple of nice reverse plays. They rolled Jones out a lot. I, I like this team. I, I I certainly am pleased with the direction in which they're going. And, you know, they're not going to be a good team this year because of record and because of players they've lost. Lorenzo Carter did tear his Achilles. He's out for the season. Um, that sucks. But Devontae Freeman looks really good. You're a fantasy guy. Whoever got Devontae Freeman is probably going to have him contribute to their squad. Yeah. I do like this. I do like the way this team is looking. They they they're certainly playing more inspired, but they got to clean up some of those penalties. I thought Dallas would win because they were the better team, but as the game unfolded, this was a game the Giants should have won, and they threw away a good opportunity. Yeah, and I think your head coach, uh, what's his name, Joe Judge, was. I think he's coaching his ass off and. I think he was upset about that loss, especially because I think that's a game he felt they could have won as well. You know what? You make a great point there. And what I like about Joe Judge is he holds players accountable, which is all he preached during the offseason and into the virtual training camp. And what I mean by that is C.J. Board was the wide receiver 
that was called for offensive P.I. on the wide-open touchdown pass to Slayton that was called back. He just got cut. So, Cam Fleming, who was the offensive lineman who has been getting bitched and also committed the uh, legal formation that called back the fake field goal Evan Ingram touchdown, well, he now has been demoted to second string. He will not start this Sunday. So that is sending a message to your players saying, I'm not going to tolerate these kind of penalties at these kind of situations. Not going to do it. And you will be held accountable and you will lose playing time. You may lose your job. Everybody's expendable. That was not something that happened under the McAdoo and Shermer teams. So I like, I like that. I really, I really do like that. He's, he's, He's actually talking the talk, not just walking the walk. So, uh, or walking the walk, not just talking the talk. So, I, I appreciate that out of Joe Judge. I think you're right. I, I do think the Giants have their have the right guy. Absolutely, man. All right, let's run through the rest of these games quickly. Say a few things about each team, and then we'll get to the bye teams. We'll talk a little Jets, and then we'll make our picks. All right. Mm-hmm. In the rematch of Nick Foles and Tom Brady, both on two different teams. <laughs> Nick Foles once again gets the best of Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady forgot how many downs there were in the game. 20-19 to 19 on Thursday Night Football. Did you see Tom Brady's tweet? I'm sure you did with LeBron and the four fingers. I thought that was hilarious. Of course. Um, that was awesome by Brady. Um, you know, for a guy who's kicked my team's ass and everybody else's ass for 20 years, I hate him, but I kind of love him a little bit. Because he does He's shit like that. He's low-key great on Twitter. Yeah. Um, listen, for this game, I don't know, man. Are the Bears Fugazi? I yes. Mean, is is the is the chariot gonna turn into a pumpkin at some point? And are the Bucks just still figuring it out? They're very injury riddled right now. Evans is in and out every game with his hamstring. Godwin didn't play. Their running backs, I mean, Fournette has been hurt. Ronald Jones averages two point fucking zero yards per carry. Their offensive line is getting million penalties called. Their defense is pretty good. I, I, I don't defense know. Defense is good. I think the Bucks are for real. I think they're going to be a much different team come, I don't know, with COVID come June, maybe when the season's over. Um, <laughs> but, you know, come December, realistically, I think they're going to be a much different team, much improved. Um, and the Bears, I, I, they're an 8-8 eight eight team. Can I answer to your two uh your two uh, ret- uh, rhetoric questions? Sure. Okay. Yes, the Bears are Fugazi. And yes, the Bucks are still figuring it out. The two are true. They they are. I mean, the Bucks are figuring it out. There are a lot of new personnel. They yeah. don't look crisp yet. And Arians' teams traditionally aren't crisp. I mean, they can be explosive, but they also can be poorly disciplined, and we've seen that now, even inexplicably with Brady. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the... the, the Bears are absolutely fugazi. I, you you don't like if you have two quarterbacks, it means you don't have any. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Foles is capable of putting up a good game. But if Brady remembers how many downs there are, they probably don't win this game. They remind me a lot of how we thought about the Packers early last year, where it was like, yeah, they're winning, but there's nothing really. Impressive I don't know. The Packers there, right? won twelve games last year. I know they were a week twelve games, but if the Bears can eke out twelve, that'll be better than I thought with them going eight and eight. Yeah, they just don't have that feel. They just no, don't have that feel. No, they're going to go 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. 
Um, moving on to the next set of games, Texans beat the Jags. Bill O'Brien was fired, in my opinion, deservedly so. And mm-hmm. thirty to fourteen game. Do you think Bill O'Brien was holding back the offense? I think Bill O'Brien held back everything. Quick question for you: Did GM Bill O'Brien fire head coach Bill O'Brien, or Bill O'Brien, or did head coach Bill O'Brien fire GM Bill O'Brien? I think, um, to be honest, I don't know. (laughs) Rattling my brain over here. I mean, the fact that him and Doc Rivers, the lack thereof success, are given those high titles. I got to, you know what, they should both write a book and I'll read it about how to just not be qualified for a job at all and still figure out a way to get it. (laughs) Uh, I would love reading that. Can we just stop in all sports giving head coaches the power over personnel too. I know. Like, like, what's the justification so for it? Bad. Oh, Red Auerbach did it back in the day? or Yeah. Who was the last Bill successful, who was the last fucking successful coach to, to pull that off in professional sports? It's an impossible job to do because you're Too married much money to involved nowadays. Yeah, but you're also married to the roster that you're in battle with all the time so you're not you're looking at players totally differently like we know he traded deandre hopkins because they had a personal feud if they, if he was just the gm and not the head coach no way does that deal get get done i mean anyway um did you see jj watts tweet like finally we had fun yeah after this game so that tells Again, you it was just another situation he's been there for how long i mean and he wasn't that unsuccessful it just i think his time had passed because if you watch them on hard knocks he genuinely seemed like a good head coach that everybody liked but you know what that hard knocks was about four or five years ago time to move on he's not a bad head coach no he's not a great one do i think he should get another job at some point after paying his dues as an assistant i do or in college again because he was great at penn state yeah, you could do that as well. I mean, I think if your goal is to stay in the NFL, you latch on as an assistant somewhere. But, yeah, man, I mean, I don't think he's abysmal, but he's obviously not great. The team won a bunch of division titles. He never necessarily had the best players. But clearly, you want to talk about a, a guy running his course on a team. Oh, there you that go. That team had too much talent to, I believe, never win a playoff game or maybe win one. Can't remember. Yeah. Well, prior to Deshaun Watson... I'd maybe disagree. No, he no, had, no, no, like, no, no, Tom Savage. No, no I'm talking about post Deshaun Watson, but this is Deshaun's what fourth year in the league, fifth year in the league, third or fourth? Yeah, fourth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Next up, Panthers beat the Falcons. Quinn got fired as well. Post this game, um, the Panthers are, I believe, three zero without Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't think that has anything to do with McCaffrey. But the Panthers, their defense is a little bit more buttoned up because, I mean, holding the Falcons' offense to 16. I don't know how much that is, being that Matt Ryan hasn't thrown a touchdown in about 20 years, feels like. (laughs) Um, This Falcons team just sucks. And last year, they got hot at the end of the year. I think this year, they're they're probably top three worst records in the NFL with the Jets and the Giants. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, momentum doesn't always carry over. I think they're done. I mean, listen, they have a lot of good skill position players. Gurley's been pretty good down there, and he really exploded last week. Ridley's been one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, and then obviously Julio Jones. 
But listen, this Panthers team, I think they're probably going to go nine and seven, eight and eight. Fun little team. Um, Bridgewater, I'm happy that he is back doing good things in the NFL. And then the Falcons, honestly, I, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I think they, they have, have a trade or two to make. Uh, who are they going to trade, though? Julio? I don't think they're going to trade Julio, but I think that they have a couple guys on their offense, and especially on their defense. I know their defense collectively stinks, but they do have some, some guys. Some good players, yeah. They have to move off of something, off of some guys to get something, and draft capital has to be their focus with a new head coach coming in at some point next year, probably early in the offseason. They'll be the first to probably jump on some the next uh, hot coaching commodity. Let's go into um, Matt Rule real fast and give him a quick shout-out. He's done a good job down there in Carolina. Yep. I know there were some questions about him. Uh, he has that team playing well, and I think 9-7, and 8-8, eight and eight, like you called. They're about an average team, maybe a very, very, very slightly above average team. But when they have their defense working and they can make hit a big play or two and Teddy's protecting the ball, they're not a terrible team. No, not at all. Uh, another success story out of college. He's from Baylor, right? Yeah, he was in Baylor the last couple of years. Wow. Yep. I mean, college football savant. All right, moving on, we have <laughs> the Rams beating the Washington Redskins. The, Re- the Rams were on upset. No, alert. no, we're not calling them that. The Washington football team. I'm sorry. There you go. We will not have slurs like that going on here. You're right. I'm sorry for everyone there. Um, you can big, get the Chargers wrong and the Raiders wrong and everyone else wrong. Just not that one. A big-time upset game here, in my opinion, just because I thought that the Rams would be looking ahead after having a couple tough games. Um, didn't matter. This team has figured it out. Last year, they didn't. I mean, we, we all looked at them as quite a disappointment. They missed the playoffs, but they went 9-7. and seven. And they had a few injuries last year. Um, they had just gone to the Super Bowl, obviously, and lost to Tom Brady. And honestly, I think this is one of the best teams in the NFL this year. And Washington, I mean, what really do you have to say? Haskins is probably going to get traded because Rivera doesn't like him. Really likes Kyle Allen, clearly pulling him over from the Panthers. And Alex Smith got to play. Um, standing over him, claps. I hope he never has to play again because it's scary. Um, I'm glad he made the comeback. Congrats. Washington's defense looks decent. <laughs> I, I don't know what else um, to say, and I am going to pick them against the Giants this week. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, Ron Rivera likes Kyle Allen until he has to watch Kyle Allen play again, and he's like, oh, yeah, this isn't this isn't very good. And you're right. I'm so happy for Alex Smith. Just- he likes Kyle Allen. I'm telling you, bro. I, I he likes him, but then he plays, and it's like you tell, oh, that's not good. But what's even worse is Dwayne Haskins. I mean, he Dwayne, I Kyle Allen he, can manage a game very well. Dwayne eh, Haskins is a terrible quarterback. I don't think either of them are good at all. I mean, and look back at last year, Kyle Allen won a few games in the NFL, and I'm not saying he can sling it all over the yeah, yard. Yeah, and then they lost like nine in a row. Well, I, listen, they're not. He's not anybody to be excited about. What I'm saying is, is congratulations to Alex Smith. I'm happy, happy as hell for him, and I echo your sentiment. Please don't play another snap because it was a near-death experience. Haskins, though, with me is an interesting thing because remember that was an ownership pick. So obviously Rivera doesn't like him, right? It reminds me a lot, and I don't, I'm not doing this to be a dick. I'm just being honest. 
reminds me a lot of what Gase feel, felt with Bell. Okay, you don't like him, but can you at least try? Yeah, like, right? Can you at least try to find a way to make him good? Like, yeah, I, don't I mean, think he's it's... a great quarterback, but... But you're not We're going to talk about that later. Chance. I mean, come yeah. on. You're going to run fucking Frank Gore, who's 100 years old. Whatever. We're going to talk about that but later. But sticking with Washington, though, I'm just saying, like, why aren't you giving him a chance to succeed? Just because you don't like him, like, he's your best option. You either have Alex Smith, who almost died from his injury. He's your most talented and option, for And sure. you have Kyle Allen, who is a okay backup at best. Like, you're not trying to make him good and you're using your personal feelings against him to dictate how you use him. I just think that that's a recipe for disaster and I'm not trying to shit on Ron Rivera. Listen, he's battling cancer. He's a hero. I respect all of that, but we need to start seeing these guys accommodate the players on their roster just a little bit better, especially in the skill positions. Cause if you're not going to buy in, you're just wasting them. Totally wasting him. Yes. What is uh, quickly, quickly? What does Dwayne Haskins fetch on the open market? Uh, maybe a fourth. Oof, that's tough. Probably a fifth. Wow. Uh, Steelers beat the Eagles thirty-eight to twenty-nine in a shootout. Steelers look like a really good team this year. Um, their defense, although they gave up twenty-nine points, it was more garbage time. Their defense looks pretty good this year. Big Ben looks like he's still rounding into form after, I believe, he had Tommy John surgery. Um, and he has a million weapons out there. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, who had four touchdowns last week, say, by Claypool's the way. The story. I think he had a fifth and when it got called back. Um, obviously, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. That team's incredible. The Eagles, I mean... I just named so many good skill position players, and I can't even name one on the Eagles. I feel bad for Carson Wentz. Claypool is the story of this game. I feel bad for Wentz, but he's also been really bad uh, at times. Yes. You're right. They don't have they don't have a lot of talent on this team. It's not a good football team, but if Wentz is as good as he's advertised, he's got to win more than what he has. One win so far. Is Wentz as good as he's advertised? It's been talked that way. I mean, I certainly was back on the Wentz train last year after seeing what he did down the stretch with absolutely nobody. Yeah, absolutely. No, he, Remember, he does Dallas do a lot. Week 17, week he does 16, do right? a lot with a little, but I mean, when it comes to you know, they won the whole playoffs without him. I, I just don't think he's as great as everybody says he is. I don't um, either. I, I was back on him last year after that Week 16 game in Dallas, and they won the division. But, yeah, I mean, at this point now, you're kind of, yeah. It's just a bad spot. This division sucks. Yeah. But kudos to the Steelers. They're very, very good. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, the Raiders, in a surprise, beat the Chiefs. I picked the wrong surprise game, bro. You did. Um, Although Colin Cowherd, I don't really like his words backward hat argument, but he did pick the Raiders to win this game. Um. Shout out to him in his blazing whatever it is. Um, the blazing five that he does with a... Uh, solid gimmick. Not as good. I wouldn't put it up there with you no know, the sperm bank pick of the week. No, that's the best. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Thank no one you. else has given you that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Even you. when you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, 
I I was trying to think back to the to the first game that I got right because there was a time where I remembered the first year for most of it I wasn't trying and then I started trying and I yeah, almost came back fraud. and yeah. beat you and then the second yeah. year I crushed you like a grape. Um, right. I was trying to think maybe it was the Chargers on a Thursday night I went all in on that I don't remember. Um, with that being said, the Raiders are starting to air the ball out because that Alabama wide receiver, Roll Tide, is back, Henry Ruggs. <laughs> hey, and they took, quite, they took quite a few deep shots to him. And, and Josh Jacobs, I mean, listen, I know they traded Khalil Mack, but they turned him. They turned the two picks into some great players, including Josh Jacobs. And Gruden has rebuilt this team into something, man. I will never say that trading a player like Khalil Mack is the right decision. But if you use those draft picks wisely, it certainly makes it a lot more palatable, and that's what they've done. And they've gone Alabama deep. I mean, you've got you've got Jacobs and you've got Ruggs. And remember when they drafted Ruggs, Frenchie came on our pod and said, they're trying to – they look at Kansas City and they say the only chance we have to beat them is to match their speed. And that's what they. That's why they took Ruggs as the number one wide receiver. Although a lot of scouts said he wasn't the best, but he's the fastest. And yeah. finally, you're letting Derek Carr actually skip, like show his skill set a little bit. And I know Gruden will never totally trust him, and I get that. But he's not a bad quarterback, and sometimes he looks worse because he's shackled. You got to actually. It's like in. Uh, the other guys. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Let yeah. the guy fucking throw the ball down the field a little bit. I think he's almost forcing to him to throw him down the field because he's a big check down, Charlie. I think he likes to to check it down. I think he's more forcing him. Well, I, I think he likes to check it down, but I think a lot of that had been, A, he didn't have the personnel, and B, I don't think – I think he always knew Gruden was like, hey, up until now, like – don't fucking cost me the game. Manage the game. Well, now you finally have a guy, a, a true like vertical threat. So yeah. uh, this did, this game did surprise me. I did not think there was a chance that Vegas was going to go into Kansas City and win this game. And they did, and I give them a lot of credit. They're getting better every year. Yeah, Gruden really likes those SEC guys. I mean, if you're – or just the guys from the South because Renfro's from Clemson. That's an ACC but he's also got Jonathan Abraham, Abram, whatever the fuck his name Jonathan is. Jonathan Abrams, yep. And then who was the other guy he drafted in the first round last year? Oh, um, Clellan Farrell from Clemson. Yeah, he just, I mean, yeah. he's going with guys that play in national championships. I think that's a Which good idea. Bad. Yeah, that's sometimes like we make fun of him for being so antiquated. But you know what? I think that we. Yeah, well, guess we what? His roster's full of fucking talent. I think we may have talked about this on previous podcasts, but I do believe that sometimes talent evaluators, scouts, mock draft guys, they try a little too hard. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like you got to give – I don't like when people say he's antiquated because he's got some guys like Max Crosby. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he was – he's from nowhere. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. He went to, I don't even remember, he went to some mid-major school, I guess, if we're talking college basketball term. He went to Eastern Michigan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then there you go. I, I'm just saying it's like sometimes... No, you're you not the only try. one who says, I mean, not that you're saying it, but people do say that. And it pisses me off because he can do both. I mean, if you're going to draft an SEC guy, you're probably going to get what you get unless you're the Jets. 
Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, true. <laughs> sometimes Unless you're you the just, Jets, and then you're going to draft a cornerback in the first round. Well, you, or, you'll, or you'll draft a safety when you're a terrible mm-hmm. team from the SEC who's great, but the rest of your team sucks. Like That, too. That, that is sometimes, like, I do hate how but hard you can maybe fetch, Maybe you can fetch two first-round draft picks for that said safety that hey. you can then fuck up. There you go. You have that in your back pocket. But I do think it's true, man. I mean, listen, when you watch Clemson build their empire, and obviously Bama has theirs, and LSU rolled out the arguably the best team of all time last year, and you have Georgia, who's a perennial powerhouse. I mean, you don't really have to look that much harder. If these guys are constantly showing up and playing great, I mean, I was on the Deshaun Watson bandwagon so far before – the draft and before this podcast because I'm like he went toe to toe with Bama twice and should have beaten them twice and beat them once like that's not a mistake like there's NFL talent defenders all over the field on both of those teams and he carved them up like you don't have to try that hard sometimes and I like that Gruden doesn't do that yeah keep it simple stupid all right let's go. move on to the next game the Dolphins beat the Niners and this I mean fits magic talk about wow. it this is probably foreshadowing to what they're going to do to the Jets this week. 43-17. <laughs> I don't even know if the Niners got out of their hotel. Why were they even in a hotel? The game was in San Francisco. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> who the fuck knows? I mean, this for them, this team is bad, man. And, and you know what? The, the Dolphins have more talent than they are given credit for. And, and, and Fitzpatrick has, yeah, I mean, I love their head coach. And Fitzpatrick has his ass and his back against the wall because people are clamoring for Tua. And he's sure. playing his dick off to fucking not let it happen. And I respect that. How can you not? And I think his whole team respects that. I know Flores, the head coach, respects it. And they went out and they played a game against a team that got very rich against two terrible New York football teams. And is banged up, not playing super great. They got hit with a ton of reality, huh? And they got hit with this Miami wave that came in and said, yeah, we're going to kick your ass. And I give Fitzpatrick so much credit because you're right. He knows that his job is only there as a placeholder for Tua. And I don't think at this point in his career that bothers him. But he certainly is saying – I can still fucking play. And we saw that in that Jacksonville game on that Thursday night. When he's good, he's really fucking good still. Yeah. And the other thing, too, just I want to get your take on him. I know I was higher on them this year than you were, so you can probably just tell me why I'm an idiot. But, man, Garoppolo looked bad, and the fact that they benched him, I don't know where this team goes from here, man. Jimmy G, at best, is a B-minus quarterback, and when your team is that decimated by injury, you're not going to go anywhere with a B-minus quarterback. No, you're not. And I thought he was better than that. I really, truly did. And I know the injuries are decimating because the amount of great players, and I don't use that word in you know hyperbole, Great players that they've lost. No, your requirement for to be an NBA superstar is to be a top 10 player of all time. So we there know you when you say the word great, it means they're fucking great. That's it. Well, you know, Nick Bosa is great. They've mm-hmm. lost some great talent on that team. Eventually, if your quarterback's not going to will you to wins, 
you're kind of a dead man walking as a team. I'm fascinated to see how they rebound from this because I think Shanahan's a hell of a coach. But I don't know where they're going to go quarterback-wise. And if you tell Garoppolo he's no longer your guy, you're just shooting his confidence down. So it's I, I tough with all that guaranteed him. moolah, too. It is. Yeah, it really, it really is. I mean, Mullins sucked. Beathard looked a little bit better, but he still sucked. So I really don't know. If you have two quarterbacks, that means you don't have one. What no. is the case if you have three? They might be a destination Negative for one? Sammy D. Um, wow. Yeah, I said it. Let's move on to the next game. Before we jump in, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Russell Wilson really quick. Please. Listen, the guy is playing like an MVP this year, and I think this is the year he does it, okay? But campaigning to win the MVP. And did you? I'm sure you watched Sunday Night Football. They actually had a little campaign for him. Sue Bird was in it. Cool for Sue Bird. I know she won the championship again. Very cool. Campaigning for him to win MVP. Get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. Let's go over the, the MVP winners in the past. Okay, last year, Lamar Jackson. Better year than Russell Wilson. Year before that, Patrick Mahomes. Probably the greatest statistical year for a quarterback of all time. Better year than fucking Russell Wilson. And so on and so forth. I don't want to hear this, Russell Wilson. If you come out and you keep playing the way you did, because guess what? The two guys that were ahead of you in my MVP race, Josh Allen and fucking um, Patrick Mahomes, just played themselves out of it with this last week, then you're going to win MVP. Shut the fuck up. Strong. So, I don't totally disagree, because you're right. The guys that have won before him have been better. I've always kind of gotten a sense with Russell Wilson that he's somehow been underrated for as good as he's I, been. I, I couldn't think. agree with you more. But yeah, this is just think, strictly me saying, you weren't good enough to win. You weren't the best quarterback in the league. Which, honestly, they should rename the MVP award to the best quarterback in the league award, and okay. he was not. <laughs> Well, they just need to redo the MVP in all sports, and we know that, and we're not going to do that right now. But when when I talk about him being somewhat underrated, I do think there's a stigma held against him that, A, when he came up and he played great, everybody looked at that team as a defensive team, even though he threw you, but... the touchdown pass to curse that won them the NFC Championship game in comeback fashion against Green Bay in 14, had them in position to win the Super Bowl against the Patriots before throwing the pick that same year. He has not played better than the other quarterbacks, which and listen, means he's not an MVP. Over the last few years, I mean, Russell Wilson, I think, has had two different phases of his career. Young Russell Wilson, where he did go to two Super Bowls and was mainly carried by his defense, especially beating that Denver team. I believe the Super Bowl score was, what, like 42-16 to 16 or it some shit awful. like that? I think it was even more than that, but yeah, in that ballpark, yeah. Whatever, regardless. And then the second phase of his career was when that Legion of Boom defense dissipated because we've gone over this a million times. Russell Wilson was on a rookie deal, so you can pay more guys what they're deserved. And then when Russell Wilson's contract comes up, you got to give him all the money, let those guys dissipate, either get old and retire and not be able to sign guys at their level, or let them walk. Now it's Russell's team. They're bar quotes, letting Russell cook, and now he's putting up numbers like an MVP. 
And listen, yeah. he has been quote unquote cooking and winning games and putting up great numbers for the last three or four years, which was my second phase of his career in my opinion. But they're still not better than Lamar. They're still not better than Mahomes. Whoever won the MVP the year before that, maybe it was Brady, maybe it was somebody else. They're not better than them. So Russell, get the fuck out of here. This is your year, okay? So cut the campaign out. You're not running for you know office. What? This is why sports at times can be very not fun. Because I can't just enjoy a guy being really fucking good to great, willing He's his team to win. He's got to get in the win. media talking. I, ha- I have to now anoint him as an MVP after week five when Mahomes is still in the league, Lamar's still in the league, Rodgers is still in the league. And Look, the, only guy that's, the only guy that's really... I mean, everybody has a slip-up game, right? Usually, they have one slip-up game. I don't even and care. And that's what takes them out of the race. Mahomes had that slip-up game. Josh Allen, who was playing like an MVP, had that slip-up game. It's week fucking six this week. I know. Week. Right now, honestly, MVP <laughs> race, because we're probably going to talk about this every week or every time that we get on the pod, it's Russell and Rodgers, okay? I'm not going to do it because it's not. Well, I'm going to have no, now. I'm def- Now, just to spite you, you I'm going to make it a segment. If, you can make us if you want to, but I really don't care. You're right. Maybe we should wait till we get around close. to week 13. Because you know what, man? The way I look in it, and I, if you remember all the way back to March when the pandemic hit and we were making our list and we had Will Smith on and we were talking our quarterbacks and our all of our position rankings, Russell Wolf is the top five quarterback. That's yeah, indisputable. I think he's top three. If, he, if you take him off this team, they're not good. And that's fair. But you know what? If you take Rodgers off of Green Bay and you take Mahomes off of – Kansas City and you take Lamar off of Baltimore it's the same thing it doesn't mean that it's one against the other and they won this game by the way by one point I think it was 27-26 against Minnesota so it yeah, wasn't Minnesota like came out booty clapping them but with that being said Wilson let him I, back and Kirk yeah. Cousins embarrasses himself on national TV again of course he does of course he does that's your so, boy no, he's not. That's your boy, this, this is two years away, bro. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had my uh, I had my Eat It tour of 2019. I'm not doing it again. Um, but yeah, I uh, and all of 2018 as he continued to lose big games. Not the point. Um, I just want to watch great players play and not have to deal with these stupid narratives. Shut up and play. You're fucking amazing. Anybody that doesn't think that doesn't know what they're talking about. If you win MVP, you win MVP. If you don't, you don't. It's because probably somebody at the same position had a better record on a better team and maybe did things a little bit better statistically. It takes nothing away from you. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls with the Giants, and he was nowhere ever close to an MVP, and I'm happy with that as a fan. If he wins a Super Bowl for the Seahawks and doesn't win an MVP, I'm sure they're going to be more than pleased. So, And he'll still find cares? his way into the Hall of Fame. All right, with that being said, the Seahawks have no defense, but they have Russell cooking. Is Jamal Adams back yet? or is he No, still he didn't hurt? play last week. I don't know about this okay. week, but as of last week, he was he was out. Um and then where where were we? Uh, Vikings. I think they're an eight and eight team. I do like Justin Jefferson, another great wide receiver. This wide receiver class um, they're looking like seems six to be ten or seven and nine, man. Yeah, could be. Um, this wide receiver class seems to be as advertised. Um, I think Judy would be a lot better if somebody was able to throw him the ball. Totally agree. 
Um, but you can't really fault him for that. All right, moving on to the next game. Saints beat the Chargers. I mean, listen, I think Herbert is one of the better quarterback prospects we have seen come out of the draft wow. in a long time. This guy wow. is incredible. He is six foot six. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he already looks like he's been in the league four years. My buddy, one of my best friends who's a Chargers fan, hated him, played one game, and now you would have thought that he birthed him from his own fucking loins. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Great line. That was so good. Didn't see that coming, and this is why we're the fucking best. Um, so, real quick, can I just, just pump the brakes for a second? He's been amazing, and I'm happy as hell for him. He's been great remember, against good teams, too. He has, but it's been he's started four games. Daniel Jones had two wins in his first four games last year, and then they didn't win again. Listen, and it he just has that spark. Ball. He's I making like these throws a, and everything. I, I just... I, I like him a lot, man. I always liked him out of Oregon. I was hoping the year before he came out that he was going to come out and the Giants would take him. He has every single intangible and every single measurable, but it's still a little early before you said he's Listen, one of the best prospects. I, Prospect-wise, I think he's great. I'm not going to come out here and tell you that he's fucking Andrew Luck and Tom Brady's baby, but you know, I, I, I think he's one of the better quarterback prospects to come out recently because, I mean, we talk about it. The other big year of quarterbacks was with Darnold, and it's like, yeah. you know, they say, I think the statistic is what, 50% of quarterbacks are busts in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at, and we looked at that draft, and I was like, ah, oh, this one might, might break the statistic, right? And then you look at it, and it's like Baker Mayfield, 50-50 maybe, could be a bust, couldn't. Sam Darnold, 50-50, could be a bust, couldn't. Josh Allen, MVP. Lamar Allen, Lamar Jackson, Lamar, already, yeah. Lamar Jackson already won an MVP. Josh Allen playing like an MVP, and then Josh Rosen out of the league. We're above fifty percent at possible bust rate here. It's, crazy. it's so tough. Yeah, it, that's it, analytics it, it, for you, Sean. You need it, okay? So the Yankees are right. Is, you need it. It is crazy, but again, like you know, it's all circumstance too. I mean, I don't think anything's more circumstantial than a quarterback being drafted in the NFL. Because you got Baker going to Cleveland, who's a dysfunctional franchise. And I'm still very torn on him, although he's played well this year. Uh, and we know he's played well this year. Yep. Um, Darnold got put in one of the worst situations of all time. There's a couple the times worst. where I look where I when think. I look at, yeah, when I look at him, I see two or three plays a game like we've talked about where I'm like, wow, this is something. And then I see a couple a game, I'm like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And again, I don't. I need to see him somewhere else or with a much better team before I can truly mm-hmm. make a judgment on him. I look at Lamar Jackson. You fell all the way to the Baltimore Ravens, where they decided that they were going to build the entire team around what you do. How do you walk into a better situation than that? And honestly, Josh Rosen, poor Josh fucking Sha- kid. Oh, Josh Rosen. Oh, there you yeah, go. Josh Rosen. I was going to say before Josh Allen. Josh Rosen goes to the Cardinals. They decided to give up on him after a year. They sent him to Miami when he wasn't anything close to part of their future plans. And now I think he's in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Like, like he has no shot. And it, and it's not even because of anything he's done wrong. Then you got Josh Allen who, hey, Buffalo mortgaged their future for him. And he's been really 
inconsistent for the first two years. And now this year they said, we're going to give you every weapon you could possibly imagine. And he's playing up until Tuesday like an MVP. Let me talk about Josh Allen real quick. Sure. Big arm, great rusher. Probably, I mean, Lamar Jackson put him in a category on his own because he's probably one of the best running backs in football, much less one of the best running quarterbacks in football. But you put him right below him. You put him with Russell Wilson. You put him with... um, and you put him with Patrick Mahomes rushing-wise. And he's got that cannon for an arm. This year, I mean, last year he was at, what, I think 52% completion percentage. This year he's sitting in the 70s. That alone Stephon right Di- there has him yeah. playing amazing. He's not overthrowing wide receivers anymore. And Stefan Diggs has changed his game. Stefan Diggs has helped a lot. You, you have a Cole Beasley for a second year as a possession guy, which is a huge security blanket. John Brown, deep ball on the other forever. side. Yep, and you've also got a really good O-line and a nice running game, too, with Singletary. So you really can't – again, it's circumstance. I'm not taking anything away from them as much as I'm not killing the other guys. Yep. He, he got a team that decided they were going to build around him and give him the requisite weapons to show whether he could be good or not. And they Darnold still got smoked by Tennessee. They did. So let's talk about that game. Actually, real fast. What do you think about the Saints? How good are they? I think they're probably, I want to say they're probably, what, the second best team in their division? Behind Tampa? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Panthers this year probably go, like I said, 9-7, and 8-8, eight and, eight, and then the Falcons probably win two games this year. So I, I think Tampa's still better than them, just being that I think Drew uh, Tom Brady has a little bit more left in the tank than Drew Brees. And this Michael Thomas thing is is very interesting. You called Derek Carr a check down Charlie before for what he was Drew in the past. Brees, yeah, That's Drew Brees right now, man. It really is. I mean, well, I mean, and, and the fly. thing is, he's um, Derek Carr was a check down Charlie, I think, because he was scared of the pressure and he didn't want to make it. He didn't want to make the wrong decision and a possible interception, right? I just don't think Drew Brees can fucking reach these guys anymore. I'm with you. I don't think like Carr's got the arm. You saw that on Sunday. Drew Brees just cannot hit these guys. It's 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 crazy how long it, the ball takes to get to these players. Yeah, he's lost a lot. But you know what? I give both of us credit because we were the ones singing the unpopular opinion the last couple of years heading into the playoffs. He doesn't have it still. Remember, he blew, even though that was a terrible non-call on the uh, the defensive P.I. in the Rams game, he got the ball in overtime and threw a pick, and it was yeah. a bad one. And then last year, he loses to Kirk Cousins, who he shit on at home in the Superdome in the first weekend. So he has been regressing, and it's not to say he sucks. Regressing doesn't mean he sucks. It's just, it's exactly that. He's not what he once was, and this team is in danger. Because if he can't air the ball out and they can't play the offense the way they really, truly want to, I think you're right. Tampa's the best team in this division. Listen, all I'm going to say is they got. Some, I know somebody on that roster that can air the ball out big time. Hey. Famous Jameis, baby. That's it. I was Even wondering if we were going to go him or Taysom Hill. <laughs> Taysom can too. Shit. But once you said, you kind of like said it with a devious voice. I was like, he's talking about Jameis. Yeah, talking like, about yeah. former Tampa, former Tampa of, um, quarterback there. All right, let's talk Titans-Bills. Titans looked incredible. I mean, I know they had a long time to 
I guess technically prepare for this game, even though they couldn't be together. But, I mean, there's something to be said being laid off for, what was it, like 11 or 12 days, and then coming back and just dominating the Bills like that. Their defense looks great. Even though I think this defense can be had, I just think it was an off day for Josh Allen. And I think that, the honestly, the most glaring thing I took away from this game, there's two things. One, Tannehill, Tannehill is a lot better of a quarterback than he's given credit for. And two, the Bills' defense looks bad this year. Is that the way you thought I was going? So I thought you were going to talk Tannehill. I also thought your other one was going to be Derrick Henry is the baddest running back in the NFL because that stiff arm. Oh, I, I hate Josh Norman, Josh Norman too. To I'm so glad he did that. It was and then Josh bad. Norman trying to D up uh, A.J. Brown, getting pass interference calls left and right. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's so yeah, and he's part of that defense that hasn't been great. Um, I think all of your assessments are right. Um, you know, the one thing I hated about the broadcast was they were playing Tennessee as kind of like this heroic, like wow, look what they've done with the long rest and no. Pro-. They brought it upon themselves. Yeah, they were absolutely. The first team that had the COVID outbreaks, and they were then having practices uh, when some the high facilities field, right? were shut down, like. What are you talking about? Like, do not make them out to be this sympathetic figure. With that being said, they played an incredible football game. That's like saying Lou Um, Williams. It's like, oh, man, you know, the guy just wanted wings. I mean, look at him playing out there. He's hard out. Yeah, he's just a little (laughs) rusty. You know, it's like something else is on his mind, like bitches and wings. Um, (laughs) I I feel fucking, you know, like I really hate that. Um, I do feel bad for Buffalo because they were kind of like – they were the unfortunate beneficiary, I guess you want to say. Is I say that in asterisks as a as a team that had to go play them on Tuesday night, and then they've got to play Kansas City on Sunday. And it's like, oh, that sucks. Like with no, they were probably looking forward to Kansas City, and they're like, you know what, this team hasn't played. We'll go down there. We'll handle our business and win. Allen did not play well. Um, that first interception was not on him. I forget who dropped it, but it went right off his chest pad uh, into the arms of Malcolm Butler. Tennessee's really good. They were 3-0 and before this, and I think everybody wanted to kind of shit on them. With the way that offensive line plays, with the way Derrick Henry runs, the defense is sound. Tannehill is in a perfect position to succeed, and he makes all the throws. This team's really good. Yes, sir. Tannehill, uh, Tannehill's a great quarterback because he's the reason why Johnny Manziel has a red shirt, from what I remember. Yeah, that's true. And then remember, he was a wide receiver when he first went to AM. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. All right, that about wraps it up. What teams had buys last week? Let's talk. Packers, Patriots. Who else? I'm looking. Uh, I'm trying to think because those two teams didn't Lions. play until Tuesday. Lions didn't play. Okay. Packers, Patriots, Lions, and there should be one more, right? That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, uh, man. I'm just I'm paying looking, attention I'm to looking, the games that are going on. I'm looking, motherfucker. I'm looking. Okay, so the Pats. Obviously, I'm just going division by division. Jags played, Colts played. Give me the other fucking conference. What the hell? Oh, there we go. You know what game we didn't talk was, uh, we didn't talk Colts, Browns. Do you want to say anything on that game? 
Um, Phil Rivers is washed. And I think <laughs> they're putting Baker Mayfield in a great position to be a game manager, and I really like it. Were the Broncos the other team that didn't play? There you go. Yeah, because they were supposed to play the Pats. Yes. All right, yeah, Broncos. Melvin Gordon tweeted out, and then he was all pissed that they had a practice for a week and not play, and then he got a DUI. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I'm looking. I'm in the market for an RB two. Yeah, Melvin Gordon got a DUI. He was at least uh, driving under the influence. What day did he get the DUI? Did he get it on a Sunday during the day? No, I think I think uh, it was a, I think it was Tuesday. Because I was gonna say, you know, he would have been. Because I kind <laughs> I kind of laughed because he was so, and I don't blame him. Like. They practiced all week to play, and they didn't make the decision on the Broncos-Pats game until, like, Saturday morning. Yeah. They tried to they tried to cut it down as quickly as possible. All right, so let's talk about those teams. I think the Broncos probably are the worst team out of all of them. Um, yeah, I don't think it's close. I know Drew Locke. I think he's on IR. I don't know if he's out for the year, but he was a good – he's a, he's a good young prospect. Um Obviously, Bradley Chubb looks good. Von Miller's out for the year, right? Yep. So, not really much to say about that team. I think they're probably going to finish with, what, four or five wins? Yeah, I think that's fair, especially if Rippon continues to start. They're one and three right now. Maybe they'll get three wins, maybe four. Um, the next team we'll talk about is the New England Patriots. I mean, as long as Cam is back, by the way. Yes, they just pulled him off the COVID thing. He is about to... Rejoin the active roster. Um, I mean, they're going to win the division again. It's fucking sickening. Their defense, even though they had like half the fucking defense opt out, they still look great. Um, Gilmore had COVID too. I don't know if he's playing or not. Yeah. Well, well I, I don't know if I'm – I'm not betting them anyways. But um, I think they're going to win the division again. They obviously look great. Packers, 4-0. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I'm really happy about that. Rodgers, I yeah, think, you gotta is feel, MVP. You um, got to feel good about that pick right now, man. They They're have so a ton good. of weapons, and their defense looks pretty good, man. Rodgers is on a fuck you tour to his own team, and I'm all here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it as well. I love it. Um, and then who was the last team we, we missed? Oh, the Lions. I think Matty PP. it's a race... Um, it's a race to see who gets fired next, whether it be Matty PP or uh, Adam Gase. And if Adam Gase keeps slobbing on fucking Joe Douglas's knob, then I think it's going to be Matty PP. I don't think that Gase is getting fired, man. I, not until the end of the season. I really That's don't fine. think so. Now that we've talked about every single team. You, you need to talk your Jets. Let's, let's go. Therapy right. session. Go ahead and ask me some questions, and I'll just tell you how I feel. <laughs> Are you laying down on the couch right now? Yes. Yeah, you have, you have looking a right at the ceiling. Or a smoke or something like to get you through this or Yes, I'm off smoking okay. though. I've quit smoking. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yes. Um all right, then just lay there. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> staring up at the I'm about ceiling. to pick it back up though. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. First of all, the Jets are the worst Is team. Le'Veon Bell it's now not even close. What? The Jets are the worst team in the league, and it's it's, yeah, no, it's not, truly not even close. They're an absolute they're an absolute laughing stock. Um, listen, is Le'Veon been, Bell now your number one worst Jets free agent signing of all time? After we did our list like seven months ago, who was number one? 
that's your call. There were a lot. Yeah, he's number one. And I don't even know if it was to any fault of his own because Adam Gase had a fucking vendetta against him. He wasn't even involved in the passing game, and he's like one of the best passing down running backs ever. So, I mean, listen, he never had a rush. He never had a touch that went for more than 20 yards. Never had a rush over 20 yards. Um, and I don't think he came anywhere near 100 yards in a game. So, no. On the um, both of them to better days. And, and he signed with the Chiefs, by the way. Um, he did. So, good, for good him. luck That's to him. That's a great move. Um, that's going to fuck a lot of fantasy owners because now whoever owns Clyde Edwards-Alaire is fucked, and obviously whoever owns Le'Veon Bell is fucked. But is luckily, I don't own them, still, own them at all. So Is Sam Darnold still your baby boy? Sam Darnold will always have a special place in my heart. He is absolutely my baby boy. I would love to see him get traded to a better situation. Cough, cough, San Francisco. Um, give us a second and a third for him because he's still got some talent. And I would like to see this Jets team go all in on Trevor Lawrence. The guy is apparently the best prospect since Andrew Luck. You do not pass that up unless you're offered three or more first-rounders. Did you see the Adam Schefter tweet, how he talked to a current executive and said that if they could get a second through a fourth for him, they would be lucky? For who? For Darnold. That's how much they've damaged him. (sighs) Take what you can get for him. Another player that I saw that is being asked around about is Quentin Williams. I think Quentin Williams does not play very hard um, enough. I I don't think he has a very good motor is what I'm trying to say. Before other people discover that, I'm going to have to bleep that out. Fuck. I just outed myself. Damn it. Um, with that being said, <laughs> hopefully a lot of GMs don't listen to this. Trade him for what you can get before he becomes Damon's goods and you're only getting a seventh-round pick for him. The fact that Quinnen Williams, as good as he is, is a D-tackle that you took, what, third overall? Another sex position that you take when you went 10 and you know yeah. 6 the year before and you lost the game before the championship game or something and, and you're trying now, to make yourself a Super Bowl contender. Just to perk you up a little bit. You gotta be happy with how Becton's played, right? Yeah, no, no. Come on, absolutely. He's their best lineman already. That's, I, that's encouraging. To be honest, that he's the, Honestly, bro, and, and I do not say this with any exaggeration at all. He is the only, the only player on this team that I would not trade. Wow. Well, I mean, hey, if he's a starting left tackle, I mean, he's definitely been better than Thomas so far. Yeah, um, and that's no your anchor that. right there. I mean, yeah. I, know, I think he's a little banged up. I don't even think he's going to play this week, which fucking sucks. Darnold's not going to play either. But, no. you know, it, I, I really and feel my for My last Darnold. question for you. Because he has a, you to... so much talent. No, he does. Uh, last question for you. I just want you to air it out. And this is sounding like a generic, stupid, like, sports talk show question. But I don't really don't think it is. Is this rock bottom? Is this the worst that you've experienced as a fan? Okay, so that's, that's a two-sided question. Because okay. here's the thing. I don't mean talking about Knicks. I mean strictly Jets. No. No, no, no. I know what you mean. But okay. is this rock bottom and is this the worst I've experienced as a fan? are two different things. Yes, this is the worst I've experienced as a fan. The Jets have been bad before. The Jets have had top 
what, five picks before, right? But the Jets have never been the worst team in the NFL, and it's not even fucking close. This, this Jets team may be the worst NFL team ever, period. Wow. Like, we said that about the Dolphins last year, and then Flores dragged them to, what, four wins? Five. Five wins? I mean, mm-hmm. who was the starter for that 0-16 Lions team? Dan Orlowski. Dan Orlowski, right? He yeah. said that they would go 16-0 and against this Jets team. If you have an all-time loser, that guy's the definition of a loser. He didn't win a game in a season saying that he would go 16-0 and against this Jets team. It's a fucking joke. Not to mention you got Robbie Anderson running amok out there in fucking Carolina. He so couldn't have re-signed man. him. I mean, every player that leaves the Jets seems to get better. The only guy on this team that's doing anything positive is Becton and uh, Jameson Crowder. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, God, he, he has 80 yards receiving and you would think that he had a Chase Claypool game. <laughs> For Christ's sake, four touchdowns and 150 yards. But uh, no, this this is the worst I've ever seen the Jets. But I still think there's more to go from here. It's so that's crazy. what's scary. I don't. So to answer it, yes, this is the worst I've ever seen from the Jets. They're the laughing stock of the NFL. They're the Cleveland Browns right now of the NFL. But I think that yeah, honestly, I think there's more downward spiral to go from here. And, and I have to chalk it up to, to Sam Darnold. We're going to do our picks soon, everyone. We're an hour and 43, but it's been like three weeks. So get the fuck over it and, and listen to it over two days. Hey, don't sitting. yell at them. Okay? They're listening to us and they're having a good time. That's true. This is but a very you, we're talking about the Jets right now, okay? I really feel for the kid because, I mean, he goes through the mono thing. First of all, this is what? His third year in the league, right? Yep. He's had. Two head coaches, two GMs, how many fucking offensive coordinators, how many different personnel players, not not to mention the fact that he has never had a bad thing to say. He has held his head high, and I respect that from my beautiful baby boy, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, you did not deserve this, and I love you, and if you were sitting You would have been yelling at everybody. You would call everybody out. Yeah, absolutely. And if you were sitting right next to me, <laughs> Sam Darnold, I would, I wouldn't kiss you because I don't want mono, but I would pat you right on the forehead. There you go. That's nice. Yes, and that's all I have to say about that. I'm done, Sean. I don't know what else you want me to say. And yes, I would you trade Sam Darnold. Else. I would trade Sam Darnold for whatever you can get for him and draft Tua. He's the type of player that no, you do Tua's not pass. Not, Tua, you can't draft Tua. I don't he's want Tua. Fuck the, Tua. He's I meant Trevor. I meant Trevor. Go. Okay. You know, there have been so many... Touchdown Jesus, baby. There have been so many Jets years where it's like suck for Sam, tank for Tua, tank for Trevor. You get you get a little uh, lost in them. I can yeah, understand. You do, um, but this is the one. This is a situation where, if I can say my piece, is, and I'm happy you aired it out, and I hope you feel a little bit better, you getting it all out. Yeah, it's it's very therapeutic. It's something that needs to be done. The owner of this team, by the way, is the Prime Minister of fucking England. Yeah, and he might not be much for, you know, for much longer God if willing. Trump loses. God willing is right. Um, 
Yeah, what I have to say about Darnold, and I know I've had some takes on him that have not been super consistent because I have always been a Darnold guy. And I think that in the right circumstance, he could be a very good quarterback. I know other people don't see it. I'm kind of in the middle now. I see enough from him where I look at a guy who's on the verge of, let's just say he's breaking. I won't say he's broken. Mm. I'll say he's breaking in the sense of he knows he doesn't have any help. He has to constantly defend a coach that doesn't make things easy for him. He has to talk about how good the practices are and how much his guys are trying, even though his guys aren't good. It's just a rough spot, and I feel for the kid. Um, I think that at this point, even if Lawrence isn't available, if somehow, some way, in classic Jets fashion, you're not holding the number one pick, I think you might even have to go Justin Fields and say, sorry, Sam, this just isn't going to happen. Because you're going to have to pick up, after this year, you're going to have to make a decision on whether he's your long-term guy or not. And if he's not your guy next year, that means he's not your long-term guy, which means you got to move him. Yeah. And it sucks. Because not, I don't not, think it's his fault. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, not to any fault of his own. I wouldn't even place 50% of the fault on him. I'd probably place maybe 20. Um, yeah, and re- let's not forget, though, that last year at USC, he wasn't amazing. He yeah, but there's been lost. a lot of quarterbacks that that regress in their last year. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that... Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's completely culpable, because he isn't. But I also don't think it's fair because we've seen, and I do, let's not, I'm not going to be a fraud. I do have my same issues with Jones. And he's a year younger, but there are mistakes that I see with Jones where I'm like, if we go 0 and 16 or 2 and 14, like, is there a chance that we move off of Jones and get, if if we don't have the number one pick, we go Fields or Trey Lance? Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It really, truly isn't. And, I, and that might not be a Daniel Jones thing. That might just be he walked into a bad situation at a bad time, and he's more of a, hey, if you have a really good supporting cast, he'll win you games. But we've seen, even with Burrow and Kyler for sure, they've taken bad teams and have won and made up for their deficiencies. Absolutely. Have we seen that, have we seen that with Darnold and Jones? I haven't. No. I mean, listen, Darnold – Especially this year, the talent, the talent on this team is so. I mean, just having Higgins on on Cincinnati, and the other wide receiver, his name is oh Tyler Boyd, is more than than Darnold probably ever had to play with. To be honest with you, couldn't agree more. But with that being said, yeah, he doesn't seem to make them even a little bit better. And that doesn't even mean winning games. It just means putting together drives. Right. Like, your games aren't close. No, none of them have. I mean, the only close game we had was against Denver. Yeah, when you shot him up with painkillers when he shouldn't have been playing, and now yeah. he's missing three, four weeks. Anyway, do you want to make some picks, my man? Yeah, let's make some picks. By the way, just to give you an update, Atlanta's winning. They just knocked out Kershaw in the sixth. It is 3-1 Atlanta. Oh, interesting. Okay. Quite so you a twist. Got them, you got, yeah, it is. So they're looking to take a three games to one lead, and now Tampa has a 3-2 lead. Yes, sir. All right, let's okay. get back to football, make some picks. 
Um, this is week six. I already recapped it. Sean is up one game on me through right. two weeks, basically, because we've only made two weeks of picks this year. It's gotten a little nutty with the pandemic. Everybody uh, turn the page on that. All right, let's talk about the <laughs> New York Jets. We might as well keep it rolling. Um, they go down to Miami. They are plus three and a half. Against the Miami Dolphins, I don't think this spread is nearly enough for the Jets to be able to cover that given the circumstances and given the situation that they are in. Give me the Miami Dolphins minus 3.5. I know that Fitzpatrick has played half of the league, so almost every game is a revenge game for him, but this is still nonetheless a revenge game for him, and I think he goes off again. I like it. Um, I have the Dolphins too. How the hell is this a three and a half point game? They just know, went man. out west and beat the Niners forty three seventeen. I don't know, man, but I am. We listen. I I got the spreads from a reputable site, and we're jumping on it. Right no, now. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning you. I'm just wondering. Like, you mean to tell me on a neutral site that you would have the Dolphins by a half a point? This no. is ridiculous. Anyway, I'm happy with the spread. I'm definitely taking the Dolphins in this game. It ain't even close for me. Yeah, I cannot wait to throw this one in a couple parlays. Um, moving on to the next game, we have your New York Giants That's at right. home against the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good job. And they are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Which I, is also astounding. Myself am taking the Washington football team plus three and a half. Kyle Allen is back, so we don't have to watch Alex Smith. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say struggle. I don't know if that's fucked up, but just get completely pummeled by Aaron Donald. Um, and Chase Young is back playing. He looks like he is the next big thing on defense. I think that Washington can stay within a field goal here. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants. Um, wow. Washington's quarterback situation is in complete flux. And listen, I, I was ready to completely punch on the Giants and have them kind of be in the same situation as your Jets after that debacle that was the 49er game three weeks ago. But they've showed me a lot with how they played at L.A. against the Rams, losing only by eight, and really, like I said, should have beaten Dallas. I like the way this team is playing. Jason Garrett seems to now have a really good feel for the play calling. Freeman's running the ball well. They have him fully integrated as the starter. The Giants are going to win this game, and it's more because of Washington's ineptitude than the Giants being really good. If the Giants are going to win a couple games on the on the schedule, this is going to be one of them, right? So why don't we just put it here, Giants by three and a half. Give me the Giants. All right, man. I'm glad we got a little bit of competition here. I am actually going to switch up one of my picks and go down to Dallas. Wow. For a Monday night football game here. The Arizona Cardinals are favored by two and a half in Dallas. I don't really like that spread. They're basically saying that at a neutral site, the Cardinals would be five and a half points better. Aside from smacking around the Jets, the Cardinals have not shown me enough to be favored against these Dallas Cowboys by any amount of points, especially at home where there will be fans there in Dallas. I know it's crazy that there's fans there, but you know, They've had it's them fucking year, Texas. So, I mean, that place is pretty big regardless. They shouldn't have fans, but they do down there in Jerry world. Give me the Dallas Cowboys by two and a half in 
Andy, the Red Rocket, Dalton's debut. Will's going to be jumping up and down, jumping for joy, because I think the Cowboys take a money line this week, everybody. I think they're going to get a W down there, not but, and they're going to rally around and say, let's win this one for Dak and all that other shit that they say. I hope it's in that voice. But they are going to be able to cover this spread. Give me the Dallas Cowboys plus two and a half. I hope it's in that voice sincerely. Uh, yeah, nice pick it. by nice nice pick by you. Uh, I'm going to Jacksonville. Lions in Jacksonville. And, this is a tough uh, game. Jaguars or the uh, yeah the Jaguars. They're a three and a half point dog at home. And I don't know how much I feel about that. I, uh, Minshew has a little Fitzpatrick in him, doesn't he? Mm. There's Minshew magic. There's Fitz magic. It kind of makes sense. They're the same kind of renegade quarterback. They both play down there in Florida. The Lions are so weird to me. They'll get off to hot starts and lose. They'll come out completely flat. And then they'll have a game. Well, the Lions never beat teams that they're supposed to, so this is a hell of a pick by you. So that was kind of where I was going. And then there's games where it's like, oh, they're playing the winless Bears? Oh, this is easy. Or they're playing the Giants that fucking suck. Oh, they'll win. And they'll either lose or it's a dogfight. Give me the Jaguars and Minshew magic is going to actually happen this week. Uh, I like them as a three-and-a-half-point dog. They'll cover, and uh, they might actually win this football game. Yeah, very odd. A lot of three – you've got all of your spreads right now. You've got the, the Dolphins minus three-and-a-half, Giants minus three-and-a-half, and Jacksonville plus three-and-a-half. Yeah, I think you've got to stick with the trend for your fourth one. But I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to give you my Sperm Bank Pick of the Week. Ah, here we go, baby. Drum roll. Let's do it. My Sperm Bank Pick of the Week is brought to you by Joe Douglas's penis that is being clearly slobbed on by Adam Gase. And he's clearly taking a few samples to the Sperm Bank of Joe Douglas's sperm. Because this is 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 a – we have the explicit symbol next to our podcast. I can say things like this, Sean. Clearly, I'm well aware. I'm just clearly he's getting are. a few sam- Adam Gase is squeezing a few samples out of Joe Douglas to be able to keep his fucking job after Easily. what he's done the past year and a quarter, right? My sperm bank pick of the week, brought to you by Joe Douglas's penis, is the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> nice. They are going to go into San Francisco and they are going to beat yeah. them by a touchdown or more. San Francisco does it, clearly there's a there's a there's a mediocre to below mediocre quarterback controversy going on over there. They're trying to figure out who's the most mediocre out of the three, and they can't do it. And the Rams are gonna have quite a pass rush against them. If Mullins plays, he's gonna look like a fucking deer in headlights with Aaron Donald getting ready to rip his head off. And that offense is also humming, by the way. So give me the Rams minus three and a half on the road. Hell of a Sperm pick, pick of the week. Lock it in. Hell of a pick by you because they didn't look great against my New York Giants a couple weeks ago. They only won, I think it was eight, 19 to 8 or something like that. Nine, 18 to 9. It was, or seven, I think it was 17 9. And they yeah. really didn't look good. I mean, offensively. I mean, Goff was missing throws, but then they got to play the Washington professional football team and they got back on track. I'll get right game. Was, yeah, I think so, and especially that'll warm them up for a divisional game against, like you said, whatever the quarterback situation is there in San Francisco. That's not good. Uh, 
I think Joe Douglas's penis is going to be really happy with that pick. And uh, Jared Goff is satisfying it. We're bringing it full circle here. Wow, what a podcast. Um, I'm not staying with the three and a half, but I'll go one full number under. Ooh. And I'll go to Carolina, where the Panthers are a two and a half point favorite, somehow over Chicago. And I guess that even though Chicago beat Tampa – the odds makers and the boys that are in Vegas really weren't that impressed. And I don't blame them for it. We, we talked about it earlier about how the bears are not all that impressive. I like Teddy two gloves. I like Matt rule. Is this team great? No, they're probably eight and eight, seven and nine, but can you cover a two and a half point spread at home as a favorite against Nick Foles? I think as hell you can. So give me the Panthers. I'm going all home teams this week, my friend. Panthers covering the two-and-a-half-point spread uh, as the favorites down there in Carolina. Wow. Okay. Well, that about wraps up that segment. Uh, you got anything else for us, Sean, before we, we're about to hit the two-hour mark here? Uh, I've told you my big news. I haven't told our listeners. I can bring that out if you want, or I can keep that relatively quiet. Listen, bro, you're the co-host on this pod. You have the – you have the uh, – Whatever. Whatever the word is, bro. It's late. I don't know. Say it if you want to. Okay. Well, (laughs) we've been doing the phone pods for quite some time because social distancing and being safe has been our, obviously, our main focus. And we're going to continue that because I'm moving to Texas, my friend. I'm I'm Austin-bound in about six weeks. Wow, man. Listen, I already knew the news. I am very excited for this next chapter in your life. You and Mike are buying a house together. You're shacking up. He finally put a ring on it, huh? No, Mike is uh, has been moved in with his girlfriend for several weeks now. So uh, I'm leaving Mike. Uh, it was the time in our relationship where it was time to go. You have the whole house and, to yourself, uh, huh? I've had the house to myself now since, like, the last week of August. Wow, look at you. That's awesome. So there's been no ring. Uh, there's been no ceremony, and there's been no big move between the two of us. This is a solo act, my friend. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to try it out in Austin. I figured if Joe Rogan's doing it, you know, I can do it, and then I'll get you down there, too, and we'll build our empire. Oh, sounds good. Austin, I'm glad to have a friend down there because it is a place that I've been wanting to visit. And I told my mom maybe someday I'll move down there um, when she gets on my nerves. I threaten to move, and Austin's been my go-to lately. You know, we could do our pod. We could really build our Sorry Sports Empire down there. Once, if she fully gets on your nerves, you know, you and I can we can build our studio, and we can we can really make it a thing. But until then, I'll hold down the fort for you. But yeah, man, about six weeks from now, uh, I'm Austin bound. So sounds good. About seven weeks from now, I'll have my tickets booked to visit you. Um, Beautiful. So is it still roll tide or is it hook 'em horns? It's always roll tide, oh. but it'll be cool to uh, once the world is back. Because you want to talk about it being crazy that there's fans in uh, Jerry World, man. The Longhorn Stadium seats about a hundred thousand. I think maybe just short of that. They're letting like forty thousand in every Saturday that they're home. Well, I will not. Don't forget where you're from, all right, buddy? No, I will not be partaking in any of that. Um, So that's what's going on with me, Uh, just prepping for that. What about yourself? What do you got going on? Nothing really, man. Just work, school, grinding away. Um, I do think we have to start a GoFundMe for not only the Sunday ticket for you. We're going to have to start a GoFundMe for all three. 
the league pass, the Sunday ticket, and the MLB extra innings because you're going to have a tough time getting the locals, bro. Oh, bro, don't worry. I'll have all of those bases covered. There's no Perfect. doubt. Perfect. Yes. No, that that has already been well decided. Uh, red zone will be a thing. Ticket will be a thing. Obviously, lead pass and uh, MLB.TV will be will be focals in my life. So, there no worries. Go. Sounds um, good, man. Let's not forget, Tom, people, voting time is already upon oof, us. Oof, oof, Absentees, early uh, voting. Sean, are you, are you going in person up. or are you doing I will mask up on November 3rd and go vote, yes. How about I you? have an absentee ballot, but with that being said, I'm thinking about masking up and going in and doing it anyways. I think it's just I feel very good about doing that, man. Um, in the town I live in, I, I feel pretty good about it. I kind of wish I was in Texas already because my vote would mean a little bit more than it means where we're from right that's, now. But that's a good point. It always matters, guys. So please, you're watching the town hall debacles. You're watching the freaking debate debacles. You know what you want to do. We've told you where you want to go. Not going to push you. But just please go vote and make your voice heard. Not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm just going to tell you to vote. There it is. All right, everybody. Hopefully, Sean and I will be back. I'm not going to tell you guys when anymore because I don't even think you and I know when. So No. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Golf is going to start to heat up soon. We'll have a few majors coming up. We didn't Match mention it today. Match is about a month away, right? Yes. We didn't mention it today because it's just been uh, some bullshit tournaments that I've been watching, but... We had a lot to talk about today, so we'll be back on it, though. Sean, enjoy the rest of uh, – till I, till I talk to you again. I like the sound of that. Till I talk to you again, my friend. It was All a right, good buddy. chat. Later. Take care, everybody.